live from nowhere, this is Derailed Trains of Thought. Welcome, folks, to episode 70 of Derailed Trains of Thoughts. And we are nowhere. Uh, with a K. With a K. Okay. Oh, that makes sense, because it's not completely dark here. No, it's <laughs> no. We're, we're not in a void of blackness. We are actually on a, a teeming place of life in the depths of outer space. Yeah, I, I think someone said we're inside some sort of giant head. That would make some sense of some of the strange smells around no here. pun intended. Okay. Um, I don't know. Sans head. I'm... I'm Starting. Anyways, yeah, a little bit. But welcome, folks, to episode 70 of Dear Old Trains of Thought. This is our sixth anniversary, believe it or not. I know. We've been doing this a while. Um, and in case you've never, this is your first time listening to us, you've picked a great place to start, maybe. Uh, but it my is name the is. the best place to start. <laughs> but this is Timothy Deal. I'm Nick Hayden. And we are the podcast about writing, filmmaking, storytelling, and everything in between. Yes. Related to storytelling. And today we're coming from you from inside a giant alien head. Yes. I think it's relatively safe here. As relatively. Long, yeah. As, as long as we don't pick any bar fights, they seem to be yeah. some pretty shady characters yeah, like I, I, everywhere. I miss I miss Paralandra. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've been to better places. We've been to worse places. We though. have been to worse places. That's well, true. This believe is, it or not. This is kind of just a medium place. It is, I mean, this is kind of expected yeah. at this point, honestly. <laughs> so, Like, yeah. Floating alien head in space. Yeah. Okay. You know, walking animals, trees. It's another Thursday. Green people. Yeah. yeah. Blue people. It's like red fish, blue fish, red, one fish, two fish. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not fish, most of them. I don't know if we just had enough. I wonder if we just had enough uh, food coloring, we'd blend right in. <laughs> That's true. There we go. <laughs> All right, then. Or just eat a lot of carrots. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, we'll get down to business here. Let's do story school. Okay, so uh, today's topic, where we decided to do something just kind of light, kind of fun, and that is aliens. Aliens, because though you've probably never met one, they're in stories everywhere. That's right, and they're all types. Uh, there are some scary ones, there are cute ones, there are... Godlike ones. Godlike ones, and big ones, small ones, everything in between. Yeah, like on Men in Black, they're all kind of, you know, there's a little tiny dog one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like Jetsons. I think they, they get like a little alien buddy at some point. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. But. So anyway, so aliens have a wide range, and we want to kind of explore how do people use aliens inside their works. Inside their stories. So we kind of, for our own benefit, we have kind of four categories. Mm -hmm. Three basic ones and a fourth one that doesn't get taken up a lot. Because we like our categories in story school, we I do. noticed. <laughs> it helps us function. <laughs> if you're taking notes at home, this is A. Now, is that A with a period after or A with a parentheses after? Uh, both. Oh, okay. <laughs> However you want to do it. Okay. Okay, so I, I think we'll start with the aliens as monsters. Okay. This is probably the most common, um, whether it's the... Would you include the abducting aliens with this, or are you talking more just the one to rip your throat out? Type? Let's start with the abducting aliens. I mean, those are kind of just... You know, these sort of aliens kind of the terror in the night. They're basically horror movies... But they use aliens, yeah, because they need an explanation somehow. <laughs> um, yes. So yeah, the you know the X Files in many ways the aliens were just sort of they abducted you or they hit you or they took your body, snatched you know body snatcher sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And I think Aliens is the modern equivalent of, you know, I'm not sure before what, 50s? Probably. That you would have used... Well, okay, I guess H.G. Wells is probably the first. Okay. Or the world's. That's true. Um, I mean, maybe there were some alien stories there, but that he was probably the first major alien story that I can think of. And in this case, alien has, has embodied the unknown in the, in the frightening aspect, in the we don't know what we're getting and it must be evil. Mm. You know, the terror of something out there in the darkness that you have no idea what it could be. And, you know, some people, you know, some shows will make fun of the fact that, you know, aliens are always here to take over. You know, Doctor Who will make that. You know, every Christmas, there they are. There's, they're ready to take over the world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or Marvin the Martian. Marvin, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of, you know, this sense that out there is scary in the void and must be evil. And when it gets here, it means us no good. I want- Independence Day is a perfect example. I haven't seen the new movie, but the old movie with the giant ship. Yeah. And just, it's just there to blow up stuff. And I guess you, you talked about the 50s. I suppose that was a particularly prominent time for aliens too in that it fed into the this the 20th century kind of uncertainty about as much as we as much as the 50s celebrated the triumph of technology and stuff it also represented the well where are we going with this the future is unknown we're into really weird new territory um i watched the show falling skies Mm-hmm. And it's all basically about alien invasion. And then you got this band of people who are trying to fight back, which is a very common kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whenever you have those things, the aliens always look horrible. You know, these they look like kind of weird green spider things. And they take over they take over children. And by, by sticking this harness on the back of them, they start, you know, doing their bidding. Uh-huh. Um, and this is a very common thing is this sense that not only are the aliens evil, but they also look like snakes or your worst spiders yeah. or germs or something well i know like when they were designing the alien in alien alien which is a very good example yeah i know they they very purposely went to oh what's the guy's name geiger the there's some designer okay that like particularly for whatever freaky reason like designing like these otherworldly things i think it inspired by hg lovecraft too okay. the, the kind of yeah. Or the, HP is yeah yeah HP Lovecraft Cthulhu sort of stuff yeah the yeah the cults the darkness the I mean I guess in some ways Cthulhu I guess his stuff was more other dimensionality stuff you know what that's interesting now that you bring that up because it seems like before this the monster under the bed would have been religious demons yeah. mm-hmm. and other gods and you know the sort of things again like in the Conans and then the HP Lovecraft and then yeah. as we got scientific it moved out of the religious realm. That's an interesting into, point. Yeah. Into the scientific realm, into out there in space, not out there in the unknown. The other um, side. The, the other, other side of the, the you know, the fairyland. Yeah. Or the, the other. I mean, if you were to bring it closer to like actual, like Ghostbusters had well, yeah. like that or different dimension. Like yeah. there's a there's a fourth dimension. I guess Stranger Things actually plays with that. And there's not bit. a, you know, that's still a strand in storytelling, but not. It's not as common of one. No. You got the demon sometimes, but sometimes the, the blurring of the line between the demon and the alien is actually... And sometimes people don't like, like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull actually try to do like, they're aliens, but they're not actually from outer space. They're from a different dimension. And people were like, uh. Yeah. They, you know, it just kind of it blurred the genres a bit they weren't familiar with. So now that we have these aliens, I mean, it's very common now. It becomes a trope, but I mean, it really was kind of rooted in this sense of... That we've always had throughout human history of that force outside ourselves somewhere. Well, and, you know, even obviously in modern America, we still have this, you know, whole terminology about 
like national aliens. Yeah. It's about like not trusting even other people who are just different yeah. from us. And then I guess that's getting more into the. Uh, Should we go ahead and jump over there? Yeah, let's go ahead and move into that category. The the aliens as representatives of human types mm-hmm. of or or personalities or uh, Star Trek was one of the. This is category B if you're taking notes. B so, yeah B period parentheses yeah uh <laughs> but yeah star trek specialized in this stuff a lot i mean especially the, the original series was very much you know it's the russians or the chinese kind of kind of analog kind of analog yeah analogs or um the vulcans were kind of the logical version of mankind mm-hmm. and this has been a tradition throughout sci-fi especially but the, the alien as a foil yeah for for humanity like it teaches us something about ourselves by highlighting another thing in this alien, whatever it might be. Yeah, because I think the Klingons were sort of the Russians for a long time, yeah. right? And then, like, in Star Trek Six is where they the Cold War ended, so yeah. the War of the Klingons ended. Exactly. So it was very, uh, you know, very nice symmetrical that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Battle 5 has a lot of these sort of aliens where they... Oh, that's all over the place. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that you have the Drazi, sort of the not... They don't think a lot, sort of things. The, and then you have the Drazi are almost like the the third world country yeah. is trying to be taken seriously yeah, exactly. by everyone else. And then you have like the the old European world, which is Londo. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, not just Londo. The whole uh, Centauri Empire. Centauri, yeah. yeah, Empire. What are what are the, um, the Narn? Yeah, I don't. The Narn I don't are like the, the Narn are interesting because they're probably the closest to sort of. Are they like Eastern Europe? <laughs> well, maybe I don't. They may not have as much of a strictly human kind of analog, but they do have. They're similar to Klingons in some way, and that just by looks, they look like the aggressive That's species. True. Yeah, they're you know the lizard-like, all that kind of stuff. You first see Jakar; he himself is seems pretty warlike, and it seems like he's going to be one of the bad guys. But yeah. then later on, he turns out to be one of the he's, wisest. He's a prophet, basically. Yeah, one of the wisest characters in the whole show. And I think that's a cool. Aliens are just a, almost an exaggerated version of what you can do with your human characters, and you can play with the stereotypes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a Bray Bradbury story where um, they, the, these asteroids land on this planet, and all they're just giant spiders everywhere. But they're all like poetic and very, you know, very art, you know, very, very evolved species. Okay. Um, but the humans just can't stand being with them because they're spiders. They're giant spiders. Uh-huh. And it's a fascinating story because it's written through the point of view largely of the spiders, and it's just very light and airy and heavy, heavenly thoughts and stuff. And the humans just they can't deal with it. Wow, that's that is interesting. And also another aspect of this is it. Not only is it showing us different kind of showing ourselves in different kind of look, but you can also explore it in ways of what would our world be like if we were just made differently. Yeah. And I'm thinking of in A Wrinkle in Time, mm-hmm. which you and I just both read recently, not too long ago. There they what's that one place they go to where like the people who don't have eyesight. Oh yeah. It's like basically a whole planet of daredevils as in the not not and they all, as they in all, the superhero. And they look Frightening and ugly yeah. to people with eyes, but they're very they're very kind. But they you know they rely solely on sound and the other senses essentially. So in many ways, the R A was the alien as that monster under the bed, that uh-huh. thing that uh, that irrational fear, and the B is very much just the other, as in you know the other tribe, the other people, the, the other other race, the other race. Yeah, and, I mean, in and, fantasy, you have all these races, and in certain sci-fi, yeah. it, it kind of takes the place of the different race. Yeah, exactly. And you have, um, and like you said, sometimes it just says, "Oh, let you know, it's just more of a what if." What what if we lived in a world where this happened? And you have, you know, I can't think actually. No, like in Star Wars, they're not so much like it, Star Trek has like 
a sense that these are certain types of people. Star Wars is like, oh, they're just a fantasy race. It just, yeah, you know, yeah. the Wookiees, they just live in trees. What if we lived in trees and looked like bears? You know, <laughs> they'd be Ewoks or, or Wookiees. It is a funny thing about Star Wars, too, because, I mean, to a sense, all the different races have, you know, they obviously have some, like, Wookiees all have some similar traits, yeah. the kind of this Life kind day. of... And and a very stubborn loyalty to a certain yeah. person and, you know, these sort of things. But uh, in another way, uh, a lot of the races are very, um, like a character for one race isn't necessarily always like, a, yeah. like another character. It really is just almost just appearance changes in largely in Star Wars. It's not necessarily the sort of, you know, all Vulcans are logical or all, yeah. or like all... Um, Ferengi are obsessed yeah. with money. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely there's definitely some of that, but it's also very more cosmetic in some ways than yeah, it's a very cosmopolitan version of aliens. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember is it the Twi'leks, the ones with the yeah. Like, like I know there was a thing where a lot of them were slave girls essentially, but then um, they're also like I think there was a, one of the Jedi Masters was also a Twi'lek, and so she dealt sort of with the ramifications yeah. of being a role model in some ways. I suppose, uh, and you know, you just, if you're a giant slug, you just have to be a, a, a drug crime lord because what else are you going to do? Okay, well, I the mean, huts like, are a whole different <laughs> whole different thing. They're a whole crime family. But, is it, that's but, a, but there are other exceptions. It is a, I mean, and so Star Wars runs as kind of more, it really has much more of a fantasy attitude towards aliens. Yeah, most of the, yeah, the term alien is not really used anywhere in it, and you don't even think about them. It's not really in those the terms. the point is they're just fantasy races, largely. Yeah. So it's not really the same thing as the science fiction version of alien, which is an yeah. other, which is usually yeah. used in a more of a thematic sort of way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's what's our next category? C C is aliens as God or saviors or the the evolved version. The answer, um, Inception, not Inception, Interstellar. Has mm-hmm. the the five dimensional aliens? Yes, and kind we've of, talked a little bit about this on here, I think, before. It, it's always amused us how sometimes uh, the most atheistic science fiction will have these deistic, like uh, yeah. a, the a, first ones from Babylon Five. Yeah, alien gods, essentially. Uh, Babylon Five. What what else? Oh, Stargate. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Yeah, um, Stargate is different. Is a little different because they. Well, there might be some of the... I've, I've only watched like the first season and a half yeah. or so, so there's a lot I don't know. You probably know more because you saw I have, it. I haven't seen... The, no, I've heard from Zach. Okay. <laughs> well, but you, you've seen... What was that one series with Rumpelstiltskin? Oh, yeah. You know, Stargate Universe. Okay. Which is great. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe that's different. But at least in the beginning of SG-1, the godlike aliens are pretty much exposed as f- frauds that's the, true, the entire time. There's another group of aliens, I think, who made the gates... The sort oh, okay. gates that they they ascend they ascension like you can oh, I think okay. um, Jackson what's what's the main scientist's name uh, something Jackson isn't it yeah it is yeah Jackson um, anyways he 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 does this kind of ascension himself and it's like this otherly realm oh does he really and then he comes back down and oh okay um, but you have the sense that uh, Contact have you ever seen the movie Contact I have not um, Julie Foster interesting movie but you know they find aliens and they're you know they're they have no more war they're all at peace they don't understand us. Uh, humans are still flawed mm-hmm. and these aliens come and they want to make us better Okay. And sometimes you get you get you know some science fiction will mesh these well they want to make us better but also it kills part of what it means to be human. Mm. Yeah, doesn't Star Trek kind of have, have some of these? I mean, there's the yeah. Q, obviously. Well, and then I remember watching. I'm not going to remember the name of it, but Roddenberry, Gene Roddenberry, had a various other ideas, and there was one show on like 
like a you know back in the kind of same style of like the Hercules Xena style, oh, okay. but science fiction. Uh-huh. I wish I knew where these aliens came down to Earth and was trying to make you know. Roddenberry had a lot of this utopian version of alien. I mean, Star Trek. There's sure. no war. There's no money. He was trying no... to do utopian stuff everywhere. And there, there was these aliens that came down. and They were kind of trying to help us move forward in that. Okay. Um, and I think the whole idea of V, if I remember right, is they came down to help us with that, but they were actually evil. Oh. They okay. looked angelic, but they were really lizard people and ate us and stuff. Oh, okay. Nice. So it's funny because C here. The letter C <laughs> is basically just the flip side of A, which is really it's just taking a religious idea and putting alien clothes again. Yeah, that's true. Is that as humans, we have these religious ideas of both perfection and evil. And once this modern realm came around, we're like, ah, aliens. <laughs> that's true. It's interesting, though. There is still kind of a difference between how they portray, even if they do the aliens as God, sometimes it's in a good sense, is in like, this is what we're all going to become someday. Yeah. And in other cases, it's in the sense of, here's these all-knowing things. They, they claim they know everything, but they really don't. Why does God need kind of, a spaceship? <laughs> <laughs> essentially. And it's, it's funny because, again, Babylon 5 sort of did both of these in yeah. a sense. Like, they, they love the first ones, at least some of the first ones, and then, then but then in the end, they're like, okay, you guys have to go. We got to be our own thing. We got to be our own thing. So it was like, we're going to become this someday, but until we do, you can't be messing with us. Well, and it was interesting. Um, Babylon 5 had the first ones which are the oldest aliens. They were basically godlike, and mm-hmm. they didn't interfere much. And then they had, like, the youngest of the first ones, which were the Vorlons and the That's Shadows. Right, I forgot and, about And that. they played almost a more um, very blatantly religious role Yeah, in, in, the, forgot, in the formation of people. I forgot there were first ones before the... the Shadows and the, oh yeah, like Lorian. Yeah, okay, you know? yeah, that's true. I forgot. What do you that. want? Who are you? Yeah. Okay, so they did kind of play it both ways in some ways. Yeah, because a lot of the, it, I mean, most of the ways people play aliens come from a very secular humanist sort of point of view. It was like mm-hmm. these are humanity is evolving, and we're using aliens to help show how humans should be, could be, mm-hmm. will be, won't be. I suppose. You know, we were on Paralander last time. Yeah. In the Space Trilogy, which is one of the only cases I can think of of a uh, Christian space yeah. um, story, the aliens are kind of the unfallen version of yeah. humanity. Yeah. Um, I mean, th- so they are another race, essentially. It kind of falls in that category, yeah. in a sense. But it's kind of a what if. What if humanity hadn't fallen into mm-hmm. sin? So I guess, you know, it, it goes into that category. So, I mean, yeah. Okay, and then there's the fourth category. And this is not done very well, uh, very often that I've written. I think it's done most in very hard science fiction, okay. which is the alien as truly alien, meaning it's mm-hmm. almost impossible to understand. Like, they are not, they're not analogs of humans. They're not trying to talk about humans. They're like, they're completely different beings. And we like, can't we, even barely understand them. We can't even barely understand them. And my yeah. two, the two instances I have is, I remember reading Andromeda Strain ages ago, and my memory is that they were thinking... Well, maybe the aliens, how would we even know what they were even trying to do? They're just, how would we even connect with them? Mm-hmm. And then that's almost the entire theme in Solaris by Stanislaw Lem, which is a very heady, very good science fiction book. Okay. I don't know if the movie's any good. I thought that was the one you saw that, like, I, you... I, we make fun of it all the time. I Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, then so you said it wasn't very good. Well, I think there's also another one. There's two Solaris movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. Um, I was confused. But the book is very, very good, but very intellectual, very heady stuff, because you're basically talking about the idea of an alien force that you can't... It's 
there's no it's beyond you and you're okay. trying to find a connection and communicate and it's just okay and it, that's a fascinating idea and you don't see it much especially in popular mm-hmm. um except in the sense that like I'm doing things and you can't understand. But, you know, it's, yeah. it's not that, it's not, but some hard science fiction does it really well. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of other examples. And yeah, I'm not, I haven't read that much hard science fiction like yeah. that. The only thing I could come close to, is pro- which probably doesn't count, but was worth talking about, the Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I mean, that's kind of on the, it's on the it's on the on the spectrum of that I think. Yeah, I mean, you get the sense that the humans and aliens want to try to communicate. It's not really stated how successful they wind yeah. up being, but it's kind of this first. The whole movie is about setting up this first introduction, basically. Yeah. And there's this kind of like awe and wonder of like having met something else. Something else. I think that's in some ways almost the most fascinating distinctly alien use of alien. Hmm, I mean, because a lot of the other use of alien, even a fantasy setting might be, you could do the same thing Uh, differently, you know, with other names, with demons or angels or prophets or whatever. Or in in the show like Doctor Who, you can tackle all these things. Yeah, exactly. But you very rarely, you know, but I think the alien motif for this kind of fourth category is something you don't, the only other place you get, I guess, in literature that I can think offhand is in, on... Like, till we have faces, like trying to encounter God. Okay. I guess I would say, going back to the space trilogy, there's some of this, not necessarily with the alien races per se, but I remember some of just the locations yeah. were vastly different than anything I had read in or seen in science That's fiction true. before. Because Lewis didn't write just like, oh, here's a water planet, or yeah. uh, here's a... <laughs> A forest or a desert planet. Yeah. It's like, no, these are really foreign alien landscapes that he was depict- well, describing. And it was really kind of mind twisty to try to visualize. When, I guess 2001 really is a movie that tries to do this because the the last scenes of 2001 where Dave touches the, goes to the monolith and then you have the whole star child thing uh-huh. is really trying to be like, this is beyond human comprehension. Mm-hmm. This is something else. Yeah, you know something new, something beyond mere humanity. And I think part of the trick of doing that in a story is how do you create something that's beyond human comprehension? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's just going to come across. I mean, unless your audience totally buys it, it's just going to come across as gobbledygook. Yeah, so or, you you have to have some some language to connect. Yeah, and that's quite a challenge. Yeah, so that's why I think you see, it, especially don't see it too often in the visual medium. Mm. Though in some ways. It might work well, yeah, because you have to have a certain amount of understanding to even communicate it. Yeah, and I think you have to have a certain sort of sensibility to, like, there has to be some sort of patterns or order to it, or it just is just paint on a I, canvas. Speaking of uh, Andromeda Strain, I feel like the Sphere by Michael Crichton does some of this. You ever read Sphere? No. Like, you just find this alien, a device in the ocean, and they're trying to unravel it. And I think there's that sense of otherness, that sense of just completely foreign... And I don't remember even what the ending is, but yeah. Okay. Interesting. So should we wrap this up? Then? Let's wrap this up. Okay, so anyways, we just kind of touched on examples of aliens, but I think as a creator or even as a viewer, the most fascinating thing about aliens is what it tells us about humans. Yeah. Either our deep fears or our deep longings mm-hmm. to be better or just, you know, kind of help us see our own foibles or prejudices, mm-hmm. you know, in the extreme version to say, hey, bring us into contact with wait the world is beyond humans yeah there are things outside of us yeah it's funny though i've i've been uh 
quoting this recently from a, a book that I get another book from our book club, Man well, Alive. Maybe you have a segment we just talk about and our book club books. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Although I like being able, to, I like having new fodder to insert into our story yeah. schools. But um, the quote I keep coming back to or thinking about a lot is one word. The character goes on this long journey around the world to kind of come back to home. I guess in a, in a certain yeah. roundabout way, this whole exploration of the world beyond our own kind of makes us bring come back to our own. And then it's like, wow, so this is what we're like. That we're, is awesome. I think that is, that is the purpose of aliens, to bring us back to who are humans. Yeah. So <laughs> Interesting. All right. Awesome. So with that, we will move on into soundtrack. soundtrack today decided to go with something from old contra contra i never really played a whole lot of contra I played some and i just got killed a lot yeah it's I, <laughs> that's yeah exactly that's probably what happened to me most of the time too uh but contra if you don't know it it's a shoot 'em up basically aliens evasion type thing yeah you know, that's, that's why not yeah that's that's all you really need to know about it and the name of this remix is aliens in my waterfall uh which i think is a great title worthy of oc remix Done by a group of guys from Sweden, it sounds like. So I'll, I will attempt to their names here. Eric Verreven, Ivan Hockstock, Jorito, and Sixto Sounds. We'll, we'll go with that. We'll apologize to anything we butchered. Which was probably all of it. So um, I actually have not listened to very much of this, but the, <laughs> I, at least the first 15 seconds sounded awesome. So if it's really bad after that, I apologize. <laughs>
And we're back. And that wasn't awful. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Probably the least I've ever listened to a soundtrack <laughs> before choosing it ever. But Aliens in the title? It's a go. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. All right. So, like we said earlier, folks, this is episode 70. 70. It's our six-year anniversary. That's crazy. It is crazy. We've done, been podcasting almost as long as Theo's been alive. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it, it's pretty wild. Um I'm trying to think what else that what else to compare it to. We've podcasted six times longer than the recent Muppets show was on TV. It's just sad. It <laughs> but one year longer than a Captain Kirk's five year mission. That's true. So right. so yeah, that's that's something to be proud of. Yes. I think. For today, in honor of that, we decided uh, we're going to attempt something. Here. Yeah, because we have various segments, and we bring new ones in sometimes. Old ones go out sometimes, but we thought. The best thing to do in a, a big ish day like this is to kind of put all our um, all our segments together into one segment. So Tim, you have the, the yes, name for this. The official name. This is our take on a bit of live crackpot pun project story brainstorming from the interwebs. Dun dun dun. So here's how this is going to work, we think. Uh-huh. So we're going to go to the interwebs. Yes. We're going to get a story, a random story generator. We're going to live brainstorm. The story. Or, the st- or are we going to live brainstorm the story, or are we going to just tell the story as we're live brainstorming it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 You're going to just... That's that's our project in, in, here. Impromptu. We'll, yeah, we're making... Our project tonight is to make a short story for you guys live. Which will involve puns. Which will, in theory. In theory. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, after that... Give you our take on uh, it. our take on what we just did. <laughs> now, are we going to take turns with this, or should um, we just should we just try to tell a story together? It's live brainstorming. I think we'll just go with it. Okay. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just see uh, how we can manage. All, All right. right. Oh, and we. Oh, I forgot. You know, I forgot to include one thing in that title. What's that? Um, Cinema selections. Oh, I forgot that too. Oh no. We we'll have to make a movie version after the take on tales. Yes, I, I guess so. Okay. Or. What we'll, here's what we'll do. After we do give our take on it, we'll do an what if there was a cinema version of it. There you go. That's what I was okay. thinking. Okay, so, we got it. Awesome. So, I think that's everything. Yes. Um, so our project update is new story. <laughs> well, I included the project <laughs> in know. the title. So. I know. Let's revise the title here. So this is our take on a bit of live crackpot pun project brainstorming from the interwebs if it was selected for cinema. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. There. Okay. Okay, so I have this uh, random plot generator from writingexercises.co.uk. Okay. Okay. It has a main character, a second character, a setting, a situation, a theme, and a character action. I don't think we'll use all those necessarily, but let's get the character. Okay. We have a young man in his late teens who is very shy. Oh, wow. This is strangely appropriate. I could do this. (laughs) Do we want a second character then? Uh, Sure. Okay. A woman in her late 20s who can be quite easygoing. Hmm. <laughs> the, hmm. I'm not sure how to com- combine these two. Just a romance. But <laughs> but if he's in his, is he early? His late 20s and, oh, late late 20s and late teens. Okay, late, late teens. Doable. Okay. Doable. Okay. Doable. It's, okay. It's, we're not going to get in trouble for the law. No, no, no. Setting. It begins in the hospital. Oh, okay. See, here we go. We got this going. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want a theme, character, action, or situation? We'll add one more. Uh, let's do situation. Someone is driven out of their home. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Once upon a time. I don't know. You can start this one too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Once upon a time, there was a woman who was recovering from, uh, she was in the hospital recovering from some abrasions after she had been in a uh, fight with her landlord after being kicked out of her home. Okay. The woman's name? Um, Melinda Gates. Melinda Gates. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, in the bed next to her was Frederick Johnson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> who um, was painfully shy. And in his attempts to avoid speaking to people at school, which is very hard, um, and had his head down, he managed to fall down the steps and break his leg. And so he was in the hospital. I see. Um, recovering. And, and they were in the same room? They were in the same room. room. Yeah. I don't know why. They don't normally do that. I was going to say, do they do co-ed rooms? No. I didn't know they did that at the hospital. <laughs> they probably don't. Um, it was a mistake. Okay. Um, and the nurse was trying to rectify it. But... Um, the you see that Frederick had had long hair for most of his life, yes. and he was a little on the feminine side. So they it was an honest mistake. So they're trying to do the paperwork, but they were just hammered. It was a full moon that night, so, so there was werewolves running around no. outside. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there were well werewolves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's werewolves going around because that's the hospital was full of, of werewolf uh, patients. So that was part of the reason why they were so so packed. Were, I'm providing no pun intended. Here. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly what I meant. Okay, and so Frederick is just trying to stay out. He's—I mean—he's terrified at this point. There's werewolves. He's in the wrong room. He's embarrassed that he fell down the stairs. He's just—he's been blushing for the last three hours. Okay, so he—they think he has a fever, but he's just—and every and, and every time he shifts in place, every time he shifts, his his leg just kind of throbs, and he winds up howling in pain. Yeah. <laughs> and so the 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 very easygoing lady wants to try to make him feel better. She's like, oh yeah. She feels, you know, and she realizes she she's had a rough night, but everyone's been having a yeah, rough night around here. Exactly. So she she wants to encourage him, find something to engage him with, and she happens to be in her free time quite a good juggler. Okay. <laughs> Is she not, from the circus? Not anymore. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I suppose we could make some juggler juggler joke. <laughs> um, that's, that's gonna be the end. No, um, <laughs> go for the duck. No, we, we, we <laughs> go, really... go, go for the jug. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize to all our listeners. So, so what's her first attempt here? So her first attempt, so she was a juggle something because that's how she, she's always used it for people to kind of loosen the situation because it's just completely out of the blue and and she's not pretty, she's easygoing, but she doesn't know how to engage with this awkward teenager. So she's like, let's do something interesting. So she gets some, you know. Just some of the stuff on their table, you know, jello bowls and stuff that she had left over. And she's juggling them. And he looks at her just kind of strangely and like, she, he just shakes his head and moves away. And, and he's just like, I'm really, he really doesn't want to be there anymore. And he, he also kind of rolls his eyes and says, you're doing your technique completely wrong. And he's just disgusted by her shoddy attempts. <laughs> and she's a little affronted by this because, you know, her father was in the circus. And was quite a good juggler. And she fancies herself good. So she says, well, you, why don't you do better? And he replies, well, I haven't really wanted to juggle since 
since my fifth grade birthday when I got chased around by a, a juggling a, a guy juggle. He, he thought he knew what he was doing by juggling all these knives and stuff, but he was slowly losing control and like one hit my cat and one of his knives hit my cat. And ever since I've hated juggling, even though my, my own father used to juggle chainsaws for a living. I just can't stand the, the trade anymore. It's the memory cut deep. Um, boy, you're sharp tonight, <laughs> but she, well, she wants to egg him on and she like, well, he's talking to me and there's just a lot of hollering going out in the hallways and who knows how long we're going to be stuck here. So she's like, no, seriously, you show me how you can juggle better because I don't think you can. You're chicken. Oh, and that really rivals riles his feathers up because he doesn't like being called chicken. No, exactly. He's like Marty McFly that way. So, okay, and she's so, taking him on basically. Okay, so he decides to go along with it, and he he looks around to try to find something that he can juggle. And the closest thing he can find are M and M's. His mom brought him a bag earlier. Yeah. So he's tossing these around, but one gets a little too much latitude. And it winds up uh, hitting the sprinkler ab- above and sets off the fire alarms to the whole place. So pretty soon they're all soaking so, wet from the sprinkler system. And, and the, the smell of wet werewolves is just atrocious yeah. throughout the hospital. Yeah. And because they the fire alarm is going on, now they have to wheel everyone out. So at first the woman's not sure whether she should laugh or whether she should be really ticked off at the guy. Yeah. But she's pretty easy going. So she's like, hey, that was pretty sweet. And... um. M&M's. And... <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just... Not digging the bag I'm coming from. But, um... You're all but, wet. But why was she in the hospital originally? Uh, She had gotten into a fight with her landlord. Oh, her landlord. being kicked out of her Okay, apartment. so she's being kicked out of her room again. And she's like, oh, of course. It's just kind of her life right now. That she got a room, you know, hospital room, kicked out of her thing. It just... It just seems part of the thing. And then she's like, well, good going, um, Frederick, and he's like, I told you I didn't want to juggle. Every time I, I'm around jugglers, something bad happens. And while they're being wheeled into another room, suddenly one of the were one of the recovering werewolves, who is basically trying to convert revert back to his human side, runs up to their bedside and says, "You, you, I know you two are fated to save us all, and you must do it." And the, he gargles, and then one of the nurses tackles him and drags him away. And drags him away. Um, now, this really freaks out Frederick because he, the last thing he wants is anything to do with prophecies, with things he should be doing. He really just wants to melt in the bed and be done with the night life. Anyway, she's a little, she's a, she's like, it's, you know, a fae spirit comes upon her. She's like, they're wet. They've been doing crazy stuff. This werewolf just said stuff. She's like, let's get out of here. Let's just make a, and he's like, make a break for it. Make a break for it. He, and he, you know, he lifts up his head, his leg. And, and she, he's like, Seriously. But she's like, no, seriously. Look, no one's going to pay any attention. We're just stuck here. We're not having any fun. I'll put you in a wheelchair. We'll get out here. We'll go steak and shake or something. It doesn't matter. We'll just go. Let's go and have a, live our lives, okay? Frederick suddenly sees with this sense of what if. Because most of his life has always been what if. What if I did something and he never does? So it's just that weird night and, he, you know, he's like, okay, let's do it. So she gets up and unplugs her, her stuff and... Get the wheelchair, and he gets in, and they go to the elevator, and they start it, and the elevator gets stuck. Not only stuck, it starts shaking. Like, it's not moving anywhere, but it's, the lights are flashing. It's, de- like, all red. It's definitely an end-of-the-world uh, disaster here. The lady just turns to the guy and says, oh, you really know how to show a lady a good time. And he goes, uh, it, life's all ups and downs with me. <laughs> 
Okay, that didn't make it. <laughs> you're 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 doing you're on a roll with uh, actually telling the story, and I went for puns, and it suddenly came to a screeching stop. <laughs> He's like, "Well, I, I don't know. I'm gonna make some steak and shake, stay and shake sort of things in the elevator." But anyways, um, I'm trying too hard. So they're they're just stuck, and they're like, "This is not gonna work." And then they hear a crack and a shifting, and they're sure that any moment they're gonna just fall, and suddenly they do. They're on the second floor, and then they land on the first floor. And they're, they're pretty good, but they're pretty shaken up. They suddenly huh. realize from the howl, from moans, that some of the werewolves had escaped and were in an elevator shaft that had been jumping on top of the elevator car, which is what was causing yeah. all that stuff. But they didn't expect the elevator to suddenly drop like that. But now they're like, okay, well, how do we get out of here? And uh, he's, they start slamming buttons, trying to yell for help. Um, no one's responding because the whole hospital is in a state of uproar due to multiple reasons. So they got to find their way out. They're trying to force open the elevator doors. And it just, you know, there's something, it just isn't working. So she's like, we're going to climb up the top. And and he's like, my leg, it's broken. She's like, it doesn't matter. You can do it. She's like, no, seriously, it hurts. (laughs) She's like, do I have to do everything myself? Yes. So she's beginning to lose her patience with this this kid. Patient. Yeah, this patient. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, she, she's been trying to be positive this whole time, but this kid just keeps dragging along every step of the way, having to carry her. And like, it's like, come on, break a leg, will you? Um, and he just, he just insulted. He's like, I'm done. I'm going to sit here and wait for the police to come. Look, my life was 10 times better before you came into my room or I came into your room. Whatever happened, we don't know. So why didn't you just get out here? And she's like, fine. So she lifts up the thing. She crawls out of the top of the elevator and she starts climbing the, the rope to the open door on the second floor. When then suddenly there's a loud screeching sound and the boy starts yelling again because like there are werewolves coming through and he's like, and he starts yelling for her, for help from someone, anybody. And so she, as she, with a sigh, she's like, okay. She, she, she scrambles back down. She, this is where the werewolves, you can hear going through. It's the juggler. Go for the juggler. Oh, there. So, okay. They're, they're going to do it right there. Okay. You got your line in. Yep. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> So she grabs him by the scruff of the neck, pulls him out of the elevator with one hand because you know she part of her other circus act was was um, strong lady. Yeah, strong lady. Basically, we didn't mention that before nope. because we got distracted by the juggling and the M and M's and werewolves and all that stuff. And this is, this is a treatment. This is not quite the complete story. Yes, obviously. So, um, so they're stuck there because there's werewolves up in the second floor thing coming. There's one trying to get in the bottom, mm-hmm. and he's there kind of just freaking out. And she's like, "Be quiet! We're going to get out of here." And they don't know what they're going to do exactly. And then <laughs> I want to find ways that their juggling becomes like their salvation here. Um, so let's, we get go up farther. So she starts manhandling herself up. She's like, I can't do like it's like in gym class. We pull yourself up the rope. He's like, exactly. <laughs> She's like, you can do it. You can do it. He's like, OK, I'm going to do it. And so he grabs the rope and with just sheer determination, pulls himself afterwards uh, up after her. And uh, they make it past the second floor where the where the wolves are still kind of like recovering. And then they get to the third floor and the elevator door is there is open like just a crack. And they're like, they start trying to figure out if they can get through that elevator door. She's like, OK, we need to wedge it open somehow. So they're trying to kind of swing the cable a little bit. And he wedges his casted foot into it. Oh, nice. So, and then he kind of twists and it opens a little more. And then she can kind of wedge herself through. 
and then he, he, she helps pull him over. And he, I mean, he's he's just completely Asian at this point because that was painful. Yeah. So while they're on the floor, basically heaving, trying to catch their breath, suddenly one of the other werewolves shows up, and they don't have much left in them. But the boy reaches into his pocket, pulls out an iPhone, and hurls it at the guy. When it hits the the werewolf, it, it lets out a spark, and because the werewolf is still wet from the sprinklers, it suddenly electrocutes him, and or at least shocks him enough that he he's stunned long enough for the lady to, to take him down. And they're both looking at each other like, that was awesome. And then they get up and like, where are we going to go? The roof. Because you always go to the roof when you're attacked by creatures of anything because then you're trapped. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> so they're going up the stairs, kind of painfully, kind of slowly. She's helping them. She's like, hey, you're not too bad. And he's like, oh, you're not too bad yourself, you know, having some sort of um, nice uh, dialogue together. They get to the top. Yeah. It's dark, you know, it's full moon, but that's all there is. There's just clouds. Um, you know, what a horrible night, sort of Castlevania sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they hear more creatures coming up after them. They need help, and, you know, like, when you make some sort of signal. So they're looking for some sort of flare or something to say, hey, we're here. Uh-huh. But then they see that, they, you know, the the uh, the Samaritan hospital. Uh, Ho- uh, helicopter. Helicopter's there. Okay. So do either one? I don't think either one. Neither of them know how to drive it, but they figure. The boy says, "I think I know what we'll do. I saw this in a movie once. Let's siphon all the gas out of it. Let it let it stream down, and then we'll get far enough away, and then we'll make the werewolves think we're in the helicopter, and we'll blow them up if we light up for, light the gas from distance." Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "All right, sounds good. Do you have a hose or something for a siphon?" And he's he's like, "Uh." He starts fumbling through his, his pockets. And how did he... Did we say how he broke his leg? He fell down steps at school while avoiding people's gazes. Oh, so no. Um, he's like, uh, all, all I got is a pocket knife and this ticket to see Star Trek 3. It's replaying at a big theater near here. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, no wonder you're shy. Um <laughs> At least you should go see Star Trek 2. She's like, what? You watch Star Trek? Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, anyways, and then they hear the wolves again, and they're like, oh, no. And he says, Star Trek 3 is really underrated, by the way. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so they go, they run to the, ho- the the helicopter. They're looking for something to use. Out of desperation, she grabs his pin knife and tries jamming it into the helicopter. It doesn't really go very deep, though. It just yeah. get, lets out like a trickle. of, And it's not even gasoline. It's like oil or something. She's like, Ugh. This might not work. And he's like, no, we, we can make this happen somehow. And he, he's like, it was a slick idea. <laughs> this is, never mind. Uh, <laughs> oh. To be continued, no. <laughs> but she's like, well, maybe maybe I'll, I'll try somewhere else. And so she goes a little farther. This time she, she, she grabs a nearby wrench she finds and like uses it to hammer it into the helicopter. And this time she's able to get a nice big spillage out of it. And nice. that, now the gas is drizzling out. And now she's like, hey, can you make a spark with your cell phone again? He's like, I don't know how that happened. And he's like, and I left the cell phone downstairs. <laughs> so, but he's like, he's kind of a geology geek, okay? Okay. And he carries some rocks in his pocket just because he's like that. Um, he, he, he A lot of times he'll just juggle them when he's alone. Oh, okay. Because it's kind of cool to juggle cool, you know, like geodes and stuff. Well, like, you know what they say about geology. It rocks. It rocks, yeah. yeah. So. Sorry, that was, that was, that was a You're cheap digging. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that one's yeah that one's so old it's a, it's a fossil but anyway 
So um, he's looking through. He's like, I might have something here. And he finds some flint. And he starts like just smacking it. Gives a spark. He's like, we probably should have been farther away. <laughs> yeah. So suddenly they... The, they they barely miss igniting the, the themselves on fire, so they they run off to an other side. The werewolves have broken through. They start rampaging through like air ducts that are nearby and things, trying to find where they're at. Um, which they're hidden on the opposite side, basically on. They're trying to hide behind like a skylight, you know, like one of those big. Like oh yeah, those, those ones that kind of bubble up. Not skylight. Um, is that what they call them? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to talk about. It. I don't yeah, think so. Whatever it's called. And they're like, this is probably no good. We're we're too transparent out over here. We gotta find a better hiding place. And she's like, No, we just gotta light the light the gas. It's getting all over everywhere. If we let it spread too far, it will blow us up. Yeah. And so he runs over there. He's like, Okay. Well, he doesn't really run. He hobbles. Well, actually, army crawls. Okay. And he's like, he he starts tearing his shirt so he so he could use it as basically as a as a flare or something yeah. to, to ignite the thing and and, and throw it. And he's like, ah, this cost me like five bucks from Goodwill. I'm never going to be able to, <laughs> this is going to be a real hit to my budget. She's like, well, if we get out of this, I'll buy you a new shirt. <laughs> he keeps banging the, the rocks together and it starts attracting the werewolf's attention. And, oh, yeah. and cause he can't get, the, he can't give them the spark again. And so she's like, here, let me have them. And so she takes them and she tries it herself and it's not going very well. And so she throws one up. Never mind, that's not gonna work. That's dumb. Uh, <laughs> she keeps trying, she keeps I thought trying. You, I thought you were gonna have her juggle them. So, like, she throws one up and then, like, catches it and then throws it. Wham! Yeah, that's kind of what I was going for. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, it's like her, her secret. Yeah. Her, her secret throwdown. Her throwdown move and just slams in it, sparks, it catches the shirt on fire, and that's, they throw that. Wait. Yeah. It's is, is not soaked. Is it? Do you soak um, it? I don't know if they said. We'll we'll say they soaked it. Earlier. Okay. Okay. And then they throw it, and it lights the things on it. Right. The werewolves come up. They fall, and it's it, it, you know you can see it just snaking quickly towards the helicopter, uh-huh. and all the werewolves look at it, and it goes boom. And there's the sky is red, and there's shrapnel going everywhere, and fires, and Frederick and Melinda are just looking at it, and then they look at each other, and it's kind of a nice look, and then um. They're like, we got to get out of here. So they, they start moving, and the far corner at that point, you can hear sirens starting to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, we got to get their attention. There's a couple of pieces of shrapnel around. They want to wave it at somebody, but they figure they can they just can juggle keep, it. If they can juggle it, they <laughs> awesome. can keep, they can keep, they'll draw their attention. So they're juggling back and forth together, uh-huh. and, and, and it just it's no one can miss it. And they're like, they're up there. There's survivors up there. And, and one of the policemen says, they're really good. They're on, <laughs> they're on fire. <laughs> we didn't start the fire. Um, and so they get they get those uh, the, the trampoline things uh-huh. from the firemen. And they Melinda's like, I'll go first. And she goes first and jumps and she has fun. And then he's like, <sighs> you know, because this is kind of the biggest thing he's done this night. has been like. Yeah. Not only not only doing all the stuff, fighting with through a broken leg, you know, even though he didn't have a leg to stand on, yeah, just uh, <laughs> battling his way up to the top, and then, but now having to leap, it's it's a oh, it's no, gonna, she does go, they they go together. Oh, they go together. Okay, that makes sense. It's not so much of a leap of faith then. Yeah, because that's because if the story is about him connecting with another person, yes, that's true. So. All right, so they so we better wrap this up. They they like they wrap them up in the net. Yeah, so they 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 hold each other's hands and they jump down, and, and they they laugh and then he groans horribly. Said, "I think I broke my leg again." My other leg. My other leg. And then uh, she laughs and says, 
I don't know, something clever. And then we pan for a year later, and they're having dinner together somewhere. And they, they are, they're, pat, they're talking about their great circus act, Blinda and Frederick, and their great balls of fire. There we go. The end. <laughs> All right. So. So what, what did we think of that story, Nick? Okay. So our take on... Oh, the great a, balls of fire. It felt a little thrown together. It did throw a little thrown together. Like they just tossed it and they were just trying to keep the pieces up in the air. Yeah. yeah. Um, the juggling was an interesting idea, but I'm not sure it was more than a kind of just a um, just for laughs, you know, or just it didn't play deeply into their characters as much. It yeah. could have. I think I think they, they were trying. You, you could tell they were they were definitely figured, going with something with trying to make the juggling meaningful. But, but I think I think in the hands of a better author. That it could have, they could have really pulled that out and made it symbolic or or meaningful. I mean, it was cool they both did, but there was it just kind of came out of nowhere. It all, it almost caught on, but they, I think they dropped the ball. Yeah, I th- I think you're right. Yeah. Um, then when the werewolves, it was, it was an unusual way to use werewolves. But there was no setup again. I yeah, mean, they came out of nowhere. Like if they would spin a little bit, it could be like a cool kind of uh, kind of a disaster movie, horror movie sort of setup. Because it's kind of set up like that. Like they're trying to survive and everyone else is dying and it's chaos. And, you know, it's kind of a cool kind of Cloverfield or mm-hmm. supposed to hide an adventure sort of deal. But you need at least a little more excuse than just, hey, it's a full moon and there's lots of werewolves. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's kind of a hairy execution, yeah, I'd say. Yeah. It, but anyways, I, I think there's a lot of uh, – I think there's certainly a lot of potential that the writers – the creators had some sense. It felt like it needed a couple more revisions. It you really, know? it, it was, really it, did. It was that, almost like their first draft. I know, like they they had all these ideas, but they just didn't they didn't gel, and they could just make that happen. I think you might have the making of a decent sci fi original movie. Yeah. So well, what was the name of it again? Great balls. Of Great fire? balls of fire. Yeah. You know, I, I look forward to seeing what they come up with in the future. Now, if if we were to cast this 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 novel, who would who would be the 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 two characters? Like you mean if we put it into a movie? Yes. If, if okay, if it was a cinema movie. Yes. Yeah, I think I think honestly, as a cinema, it would work pretty well, but just because you could. First off, movies don't need an explanation as much. You could just do stuff, you know, mm-hmm. unlike novels where you kind of want questions Reason. answered. Sure. Um, and then you could focus it, and you know, in a movie, like especially an indie movie, just with two main characters and some random monsters. I mean, it'd be mm-hmm. cheap to make, and you could get people to watch it. Sure. So I like it. I don't. The title might have to change for a movie. Yeah. I I feel like the uh, for the the female character, you really need like a Scarlett Johansson or a um, yeah, she's Black yeah, Widow, right? Yeah. Yeah. You 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 really need to bring the star power there. The the guy character, he could be just he'd be about whoever. Yeah. yeah. He needs to be just kind of dorky. Kind mm-hmm. of painfully shot, you know, and he just kind of he, could, he wants to be invisible. Yeah, it could we almost, just call it the Invisible Man. No, um, <laughs> it could almost be like an alternate universe with uh, Scarlett Johansson, whoever played plays Spider Man now. Oh, that that's true. It'd be <laughs> um, he would be pretty good at that, actually. Yeah, it'd be very very similar. And you could add, you know, and if you put it in a movie, you would, you could have some, you know, the Act One could be kind of their stories leading up to this. Because mm-hmm. in, mo- in a book, you can just start and they do exposition, talking, whatever. But oh, in a movie, sure. you want to show it. So you mm-hmm. can show him at school and her with her landlords. So he's trying to avoid things and has an accident. And she's, you know, having an argument. She's in this, she's in the heat of things. Yes. And has an accident. So they're like opposites, you know, fire and water sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they end up in the wrong hospital room and it can be very quirky. You know, it'd be one of those quirky indie films. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be good. Given given a little more work, I think you got a winner on your hands. I I, I think that'll work. Yeah. 
All right. Well, we need to wrap this up. Um, okay. So I hope you uh, enjoyed our combination <laughs> of things. That that story went on a little longer, I think, than we had uh, ima- anticipated. No, we didn't. Act- yeah. We kept trying to get an ending. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when we tra- kept trying to make it a full story as opposed to, there was a couple of times I was really tempted to just leave it off of uh, to be continued. But, I know a couple of times I said, I'm like, to be, uh, well, we can try to get it here. Yeah, but that was our take on a bit of live crackpot pun project story brainstorming from the interwebs, if it was cinema selection. So <laughs> if you like that, uh, wait till episode 140 when we do it again. <laughs> if you didn't like that, I don't blame you. You got 140. <laughs> so, um, Okay, so let's go ahead and finish up the 70th episode yes. with our uh, contact info. Yes, you can get to uh, watch, uh, watch, listen to our podcast at zerotrainsthought.blogspot.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, I keep saying I'm going to update the YouTube, and I will. Eventually, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there are some episodes on there. A now. lot of episodes. It's on about there. 10 behind or so. I guess we're up and running soon again. Well, after, by the time this comes out, we'll have been hijacking yes. again. Weekly Hijack is on its return only because Once Upon a Time is coming back. So. And we can't not hijack it. I know. It would just feel wrong not to at this point. I'm not sure we would watch it if we weren't hijacking it. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. But yeah, so definitely go check all that stuff out and uh, leave us a comment somewhere, yeah. either on the website or if you want to leave us a review on iTunes, that would be very helpful. You know what we need? We need to have like a re- reader's feedback and they record their own Every whatever that segment was just called, I can't oh. remember. And send it <laughs> to us. I'm not gonna read it. No, I would like to hear other people's uh, interweb bit of story, project update, etc. Yeah, that, so. that would be cool. Uh, that would be interesting, indeed. All right, so soundtrack. Soundtrack. Okay, so I picked a, a song from Dark Side, which I guess was a like a 3D asteroid sort of game. It's not not a uh, Dark Lord of Apocalypse. It is not. No. no, it's with an X. Oh well, that makes all the difference. It's remixed by Akumajo Belmont, and it's uh, called Starman, Don't Lose Yourself. And it's kind of very uh, spacey. Cool. Well, speaking of spacey, I think it's about time we headed back to our galaxy. Yeah, I, it's been okay here, but let's let's get home. Yeah, I, I don't want to be... I mean, it already sounds like there's a brawl going out, and last time we got involved in one of those, I couldn't, like, move my arm for, like, three days. Yeah. It was really sore. So, okay, are you all set? I'm set. Let's all get right. out of here. So, until next time, folks, thanks for listening. Thank you for being with us for six years of episodes. Dun, dun. Podcasts. Hopefully, you'll be with us for another six years. Maybe. I can't imagine what it'll be like then. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, until next time, this has been Tim. This has been Nick. Bye. Bye.